Welcome. It's another episode of the Random Joe Show. It is episode 12. It's June 12th. I didn't plan that, but it's kind of how it worked out. It's been a while since we've last chatted. Well, since I recorded. I hope you've had a lovely beginning to your summer, or I guess winter if you're on the other side of the world, but either way, it's been crazy busy, but I am back. Uh, If you're new, this is a video game book club where we play through a game together and then discuss them on Twitter and Discord. Ultimately, I want to incorporate your thoughts into the show, and I record it weekly, usually, uh, on Saturday. Now, the summer is going to be a little bit different because of just the busyness of my schedule, but I will continue to post somewhat regularly throughout the summer. Now, next week's game. So if you're thinking, well, Joe, I missed the game that we're doing for this week, but I want to play next week. Well, perfect, because the next week's game is Halo Combat Evolved. So the first Halo game. And uh, please feel free to sound off on Twitter or in the Discord with your memories. And if you get the chance, I would encourage you play along with me, play along with the community, and get a chance to relive this game. It's one that I went back to and played uh, recently in the last year or so. It was right around this time last year. But I would encourage you, try this game out. It's, it's pretty fun from what I remember. And if you've never played it before, give it a shot. If you've got an Xbox or you've got a PC, would encourage you to pick this thing up so that we can play it together. Now that's next week's game. But what about this week? Well, this week I'm going to be talking about Batman Arkham Asylum which I announced on the last episode, which was the episode I did with Dreadnought, which he did a great job, and you should definitely let him know on Twitter and whatnot if you enjoyed it. It was great to get a chance to sit down and talk to him. We'll probably do more of those in the future. Uh, I'm I'm still kind of getting my feet under me when it comes to learning how to edit and learning how to, to add some of these things in. So if it wasn't too terrible, let me know. Everything that was good was Dreadnought, and everything that was bad was my fault. So I'm getting better. Hopefully we'll have some better audio quality next time too, and we'll get him on here to discuss some games here in the future. Now, the usual practice of this show is that I share with you what the game is, what I liked, what I didn't like, and what my overall impressions were, and then share what other games that I've been playing that week, or in this case, two and a half weeks. So let's start with the first question. What is Arkham Asylum. Well, Batman Arkham Asylum is the debut game made by Rocksteady Studios, and it makes you, as the name implies, the Caped Crusader, and you become Batman himself. It features many of the voice talents of the animated series or or actors that are trying to be very similar to those that played those roles in those animated series back when I was growing up, so it's full of nostalgia for me. And it really takes place in Arkham Asylum, that notorious place where they keep all the supervillains locked up because Batman won't kill any of them. And as routinely happens, there's a plot. Joker is caught, but he wants to be caught. And he's going to leverage the ability to release these criminals all across the island to his advantage as he works on his nefarious, uh, dastardly plot. And he, he does that. He does. And you kind of just follow along, meeting supervillain after supervillain as you seek to get to the bottom of said plot. Now, what are the things I like? Well, and first off, what is it as well? It is a third-person 
action, really it's an action uh, kind of like beat em up game, but it has also some puzzle elements and from an atmospheric side, kind of like a, a platforming element as well. And, uh, and a detective kind of element, which we'll kind of get into as we go. So it's kind of got a variety of gameplay modes, but the, the basic combat, it's got some stealth. The basic combat mechanic is what you have undoubtedly seen in just about any action game if you've played them in the last several years. Shadow of Mordor uses this system. Assassin's Creed in some ways uses this system. Uh, many of the action games just use this system because it was so groundbreaking at the time. It's sleek it's innovative, and it's undoubtedly something that's been beat to death by other games within the genre. But this was the first to really do it with that level of excellence and care. And one of the biggest questions I had coming back to this game was, does it keep the magic? Or was it something that pioneered a new type of game, this third-person action beat-em-up, and been surpassed either by sequels of the Arkham games themselves or other games like Shadow of Mordor or some of those others that I mentioned, like Assassin's Creed. Has it been surpassed by those games or is it still good? Because a lot of times you'll see a game that is doing something unique and innovative and different, but it doesn't really hold up very well. It ends up being something that you can look back to and appreciate for what it pioneered, but it doesn't really give you the same sense of enjoyment as other more refined experiences. Well, that was my big question coming into this. So let's get into the things that I liked about this game. First, Arkham Asylum absolutely nails the atmosphere surrounding the Batman. You really feel like you are the Batman, and this came out in the age of licensed games. This was before THQ shuttered its doors. This was when you had you know, if you had a movie coming out, you were going to have a tie-in video game. And Batman Arkham Asylum stepped away from that. And it actually released the same year as Dark Knight Rises, or maybe it was a year after, something like that. Either way. Or no, it came after, after Dark Knight. So it was a year after Dark Knight, it was before Dark Knight Rises, and you would have thought that it was going to either capitalize on the hype surrounding Batman or that it would be utilizing the same kinds of assets and, and utilizing the same tone that the Christopher Nolan movies evoked or that it would feature the same kind of voice actors and it did none of those things. But it set this incredible level of atmosphere around the Batman that really made you feel like the Batman for me that I grew up watching on the animated series. It gave you the opportunity to become the detective, to become the stalker, to become the Batman that I remember from those old cartoons and from just my memory of those things. And they, they captured it so well, even down to the voice talents that were brought in to voice those different characters. And part of it is just the gloomy atmosphere and the art style. Just the choices that were made in the lighting and in the presentation nails this idea that you are Batman. And it was, like I said, it came out in an era where that really wasn't being done very well. WB since then has kind of come back and like with Shadow of Mordor, has made a series of games that utilize the license, but don't necessarily dovetail with a movie. They're not a movie tie-in game, but they are capturing and evoking the style of the world. And Batman was one of the first games of its time that did that. And it did it exceptionally well. This still holds true today. And as I come back to it, I, I am just as affected by the idea of being the Batman and being this incredible figure 
who follows his own rules. Uh, it is a very violent game, but you don't necessarily see Batman outright killing anybody, and he doesn't use any guns, and sometimes you're against guys with guns, so it kind of maintains this fantasy in a really special way. The Another aspect of that, as I've mentioned a couple times already, is the voice cast. It's so nostalgic, and they absolutely nail the presentation of this. It really puts you back in those shoes, and, and it's really enjoyable. Even just some of the, the silly dialogue from the inmates and from the random grunts, is it's so ridiculous, and it's so what you would expect, but it's presented in such a way that it, it ends up being really good and endearing. So the voice cast, the presentations are all very good. They're not on the same level as something like Uncharted, but they're nostalgic when they need to be, and they're just excellently done. These actors, many of them, like Kevin Conroy, who is Batman, and I believe Mark Hamill in this game is the Joker, they, they're so experienced with doing these characters and have been doing voice work for, for literally decades, and it really shows in the quality of the voice acting and the voiceover that are that's present in the game the sound effects are totally just perfect they're great and the sound design of the game in general there are times when it's very quiet there are times when it's more intense there are times when the music swells each of those things works well in tandem with the others ultimately the crown jewel of this game though beyond even the the atmosphere beyond even the voice cast beyond the sound design is ultimately one of the best combat systems that's been released in the last decade. One that's been imitated by scores of games since, but none have the same level of precision and effect that this game does. It really does put you in the shoes of the Batman. It's got a very kind of gritty, it uses some of the same camera tricks even that you see, and sound tricks that you see in like games like The Last of Us, where the camera jars, and they make every hit feel like it has weight and impact. And it makes you feel even cooler pulling off these cool combos. The way that they've set up the, the the combat system, where as you get more and more combos, you can then pull off a special attack. If you've played Shadow of Mordor or any of the Batman games, this will be very familiar. There's a little exclamation point above your character's head that indicates that you're about to be attacked by someone. And so you can hit the counter button and he'll counter as you continue your 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 combo. And and the the fluidity of the combat is just exceptional. The ability to just move from one guy to the next, it's like a dance. And there's an incredible level of satisfaction. Even coming back to this game, even though this combat system has been utilized so frequently. And in so many games, it still feels just right. It's really well done. It's perfectly presented. And, and the pacing of it is just so good. And it allows you to really think about how to, how to kind of maximize and, and improve yourself as, as a player. And you do feel like you get better at the combat the more you play. And that feeling of mastery is, is really potent in this game. And I feel like they really nailed it. And, and as, as someone coming back to the game who's played a lot of these other games, I thought Shadow of Mortar was exceptional. And this game still holds its own. It's amazing. It's such a good 3D action game and sets the benchmark for other action games even today. What else did I like? There's this incredible mode called Detective Vision. And what happens is you can engage at any time and it changes the layout and the look. It's almost like looking at it over a filter. It's almost like a night vision type thing, but it's bluish instead of greenish. And it highlights various objects within the environment. 
that will tell you what they can be utilized for. So let's say you're in an area and you're trying to sneak around and there are all these dudes. Well, if you're in detective mode, you can see, oh, well, this wall is breakable. And if I apply, you know, my special bat, I don't know what they are, explosive gel, I can blow up the wall. And you can also see kind of where people are and you can see where these areas that you can get on high are so you can look at all the battlefield. You can see all the different things that are there. They also use it for different puzzles where you can see a fingerprint that you might have to analyze or you can you can look and follow a breath trail or a blood trail as they move through an area as you chase down the various characters. It's really, really well done and it's a great addition to this game. I think that in... In the other, I played Arkham City a little bit, and there were a couple aspects of City that I thought weren't as good in this game because they kind of bolted too much onto it, and Detective Vision was one of those things. I really think they got it right. It's it's very small. It's not that big of a deal in this game, but it's so well delivered as a mode, and especially because it lends to the fantasy of the Batman so potently that it really ends up being this, this great addition to what they're trying to accomplish in this game. I really like Detective Vision. I think it's a cool addition. And once again, I I think that it's been overused or changed in ways that doesn't make it as cool as it was in the original. And coming back to it, it's still fun. It's still enjoyable. And it's still a, uh, a cool aspect of the game that they chose to include. One of the things that I think is really excellent about this game is the map size and the pacing. It's ultimately superb. Each element contributes to a just right feel. It's not too big, not too small. There's not too many areas, but there's just enough that every time you end up with a new objective, you feel like you've tracked through some of the things that you've seen before only to discover a new area, sewers or a mansion or a certain aspect of the area that you're you're traveling to. They do a really good job compressing a lot of those interesting arenas and areas into such a small space and having you backtrack not too terribly much and kind of increasing the difficulty as you move through those spaces each time that you move through them. It's a really, really well done map and and particularly each aspect of combat and detective mode and following a trail and collectibles. Each one of those things are delivered in such a way that you, you have plenty to do at any given time, but you're not overwhelmed with any given amount. This was one area that I think was was not improved on in the sequel. In Arkham City, the map felt sprawling, and it felt like there was constantly somewhere you needed to be that was on the other side, and it was like a big donut with a bite taken out of it, because there was a big wall that kept you from crossing, and they were constantly having you go from one side of the donut all the way around to the other side, and then back, and then there, and then back, and there were, it was unclear where you were supposed to be. Arkham Asylum was a little bit smaller, not a little bit, quite a bit smaller, And I felt like its size worked out perfectly for what they were trying to accomplish. One of the other things that's kind of in keeping with this as well is that the graphics and the art style hold up extremely well. It's not the nicest looking game anymore, but it looks really good. And the action in particular was designed in such a way that it feels fast paced and it never feels like you're slowed down when you should be moving faster. It continues to feel gritty and it feels like you've got to press the button at the right time. It feels uh, like you've got your, your hands in the fight and you're doing it yourself. And it's great. They did a great job with how they designed that combat system and it, it holds, it holds up and the way that they've designed kind of the frame rate, the art style, the graphics, it just dovetails to accentuate how good those systems are. 
Additionally, there are some scarecrow levels, which are really cool. They're these small, uh, kind of platformy sections, stealth sections, where you are essentially caught in a dream world. That Scarecrow has kind of poisoned you with this certain hallucinogen, and you're now trying to figure out how to escape from this dark nightmare that he's kind of pressed you into. And these Scarecrow sections occur in really interesting ways, where he'll be walking through a door and kind of like have a weird you know, cloud or whatever that kind of hits him really quick, but it, you don't think anything of it. And as you move through the next area, you begin hallucinating and you see things that aren't there. And it's this really creepy uh, moment where you're moving through and you're figuring out what's going on. By the end of the game, you kind of know, but then the camera kind of pans out and you have this giant scarecrow in the center of like what is almost a cube kind of rotating around him of various environments. And each time as you move through, you're trying to keep from being seen by him so that he doesn't get you. And you've got to make your way to a, a Batman uh, signal light, which you'll, you can then hit Scarecrow with to escape from the dark fantasy that he's, entrap that he's trapped you and ensnared you in. It's a really great touch, and I love the Scarecrow levels. They are creepy, they are short, they are satisfying. And they are extremely well done. They're just another aspect of this wonderfully paced action adventure experience it's such a well done game well with all those positive things was there anything that i disliked well there wasn't very much and a couple of these are somewhat nitpicky or at least born out of my preferences and my style as a gamer the first is that the female characters in this game are just they're so overly sexualized I don't like it when games take female characters and, and put them in that kind of a role. Um, I really felt like it's an unfortunate blemish, and ultimately it's it's in keeping with kind of the comic book nature of things, but it even goes out of its way to kind of to show you those things. Like Harley Quinn shows up the first time and she's immediately comments, do you like my new outfit? And it's this, you know, kind of revealing and suggestive kind of thing. I, I thought it was an unnecessary aspect. The whole rest of the game is this dark, gritty, kind of comic book, you know, dark, uh, you know, nightmarish kind of thing. And then all of a sudden you have these female characters that are wearing no clothes. And it just is jarring and unnecessary, I thought. And I'm not, I'm just not a fan of when games do it, period. It's just not my thing. I also don't love stealth. And the stealth sections in this game were not my favorite. But I will say that of, of all the stealth games I've played, because I don't like stealth games, these were probably the ones I could enjoy the most because they allowed you to, if you got seen, to go into action mode. And the action is so good. And that's one of, the, one of my problems with a lot of stealth games is that stealth games are, I feel like, notorious for me at, having clunky and and difficult systems of combat that you're not used to wielding. And so when you do get into a rough situation, you don't have either the skill with those things and they don't come very naturally. Whereas Batman is constantly forcing you into combat. And then when you are in a stealth section, if you need to bail yourself out with combat, you can do that. And I think it's a really good presentation of that stealth even if i don't like stealth a ton so if you like stealth games i i think this is a very good one although it's it's kind of more stealth action it's it's the focus is on the action 
but there are sections in which you are definitely served by approaching things stealthily and by seeking to move through those areas slowly and methodically. I don't generally like slow and methodical. So I was able to make it through just fine, but it's not my favorite. Additionally, and I didn't get to this point, so I haven't experienced this freshly, but I do remember disliking the final boss encounter, and I feel like that one ended up kind of falling flat. The whole rest of the game has incredible boss fights, varied boss fights, in so many different places, in so many different environments that really stick with you. And I felt like the final boss sequence was kind of a letdown by comparison. So those are the only things I can really call to mind that I that I didn't really like about this game. And that leads me to these overall impressions. My overall impressions of Arkham Asylum is it is an absolute classic. If you haven't played it yet, you absolutely should. It feels just right in so many ways in regards to things like its size, its scope, its complexity, its atmosphere, its variety, its pacing. It does so well in so many of these things. And I was surprised at how well it had, it had held up and how little I ultimately had to complain about. There's a reason this title was so imitated and has been and still is. It's a re- there's a reason why it demanded three sequels. Almost 10 years later, it's lost very little of its luster, and I still think it's Rocksteady's best Batman game. I really do. I think that they hit that just right, and it got, it got encumbered by some bloat and some you know scope creep that I think was a disservice to it in later iterations, but this game really just feels... It feels just right. If you haven't played this game yet, you absolutely should. I think it was on sale this past week, the Return from Arkham or Return to Arkham, which is this game remastered as well as Arkham City. I think it was for Xbox One and PlayStation. I think it was on sale for like 10 bucks. It is a steal for that price. It is still great. If you like superheroes at all, if you like action games at all, you should 100% get this game. So that's Arkham Asylum. What did you think? If you played it, or if you haven't played it in a little while, what what did you enjoy about the game? What do you remember about the game? Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is jrmeaden. I'd love to get a chance to to chat with you about what you liked about the game. I adore this game. I think it's wonderful. I think it's an absolutely great experience. So what else have I been playing? This is the part of the show where I talk about Destiny 2 and other games I've been playing, especially lately. Oh man, Destiny 2. So much Destiny 2. This game really has got the grind back. The grind is back. And there's no question about that. I'm mostly playing on PS4 these days because I just, I can't grind on both consoles. There's so much to do. So I'm focusing on PS4 and I made it to 376 on my Titan earlier today. I'm going to play some more after this. Well, I'm going to play some Halo first, but then I'm going to play more Destiny after this. Um, I also hit rank 50, which I, I did not know I was going to be able to do this. I was out of town. My sister got married. Uh, I'm, I was the officiant of that wedding, so I could say that I married my sister. I did. I married her to somebody else. Don't worry. It's not like that. But I was gone most of this week, but I was still able to get that in and get to rank 50. I got my Sunshot Catalyst. I got all three sets of armor. 
Um, and I got all the ornaments, so I, I got really lucky with that. I was very happy about it, and it was a very satisfying grind. And it's funny because I thought for sure after that I'd be done playing Destiny 2 for a few days, especially in light of the Diablo 3 season coming up this week. But guess what? I was at work today, and what do you think I was thinking about? Coming home playing Destiny. So, I'm going to play more Destiny. I am loving the Crimson. I am loving the Catalyst grind. The only thing that I'm kind of bummed out by right now is that there are so many things in the game that are very good, and there are a lot of those things that are just required because they they really ratcheted up the difficulty. They ratcheted up the scaling. They ratcheted up some of the activities and what they how punishing they are. And I think that that's probably a good thing, but I kind of miss being able to rock anything. And even going into PvP especially, I feel like if I am not using an exotic, I have handicapped myself substantially. And I'm not really digging that. I'm hoping that the 6v6 playlist coming in a few weeks here alleviates that. It generally has done that. With Iron Banner being 6v6, I have adored that. But I'm not sure exactly how that's all going to shake out. I'm a little bit bummed about that aspect, but I'm just enjoying it so much. It seems weird to me. They're announcing a bunch of stuff at E3 this week. Specifically, and they did this last week in a big reveal stream, they've been talking about uh, Forsaken, the new expansion. They unveiled some of the story content and, and some of the things that are we can expect to kind of see this week. And Gambit, the new mode, which looks extraordinarily cool. Even in, Even with all that, like... I'm excited to play all that, but I still have so much to do in Warmind that I'm almost like not yet Bungie. I'm not I'm not ready for this. And my, my summer's so busy that I'm not sure I'm going to get it all done. But I, I kind of think that's a good thing. And I was talking with Andy about this the other day, one of the other guys in the Destiny Reset community and now in the Gaming Adventure Club podcast. If you get a chance to listen to them, they are awesome. And I was talking to him about it. I think the two of us kind of got to the point where we had we were okay with what Destiny had become. That it wasn't a game you had to know life and play nothing else. We liked getting to play other games. And this podcast really is an outgrowth of that. You know, that I was happy to play other games and to get into my backlog. There's so many experiences I missed in the last three years. Heck, I, pick up, I picked up Game Pass this week so I could play some of these other games on Xbox. And it's just not really possible in the same way that it was if you want everything. And so I've kind of made peace with the idea that like the game that I want Destiny to be is the game that we got in Destiny 2, and I'm in the minority on that. They're making the game in the best interest of everyone, and there's still a lot there for me. There's still, honestly, probably more there for me than there was before. I'm enjoying the, the time I'm getting to just dig back into it, and I'm still trying to maintain enjoying other experiences and playing Destiny in a way that's not terribly unhealthy <laughs> as i say i got all this stuff that's not terribly unhealthy but if you're out there and you, you you're looking forward to what's coming in destiny i definitely am and i think this week has just been another example of that spark is back for me of wanting to play destiny but i don't want to lose the opportunity to play some of these other games that i that i'm enjoying sifting through so i'm going to keep doing this we're going to keep doing this podcast for the summer and uh, keep going with playing a, a random game every week or so. And, and I hope that you tag along if you're interested in that kind of thing. 
whether or not you're taking a break from Destiny or trying to just distance yourself from it a little bit, or whether you're just looking to play more games. There's so many awesome experiences out there, and I don't want to miss them. So that's what I'm doing. That brings us to the next game that I've been playing, Diablo 3. I really love Diablo 3. This game continues to rise in my estimation every time there's a new season and I dive back in. There haven't been any major changes since the last patch, but there are some things they're doing differently in season 14. I don't have a good handle on all of them, but I do know that there are going to be treasure goblins are going to be in pairs now, which is fantastic. It's going to be really crazy. And I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of them. I, I picked this up recently. I, I tend to pick it up at the beginning and end of a season. Season 13 was ending and one of the kids in my youth group recently had picked it up and I wanted to play with him. So we were trying to get, I was trying to get back up to torment 13 level with the wizard, which I hadn't played before. I managed to get right up in that Torment 13 window. I wasn't quite farming it, but I was basically there and really enjoyed it. I can't wait to start a new character and begin a new. I'll probably play it pretty intensely for a weekend or two, but who knows considering how much Destiny has its hooks in me at the moment. And I'm playing Halo 2, so there we go. Halo as well. Other games I played really were as a result of being on a car trip for like eight hours. And those games were Puzzle and Dragons, which I played kind of off and on. I did the majority of the June dungeon that was available in the car, doing it co-op with one of the kids in my youth group as well. Uh, it was really fun. I, I really, I really like Puzzle and Dragons. It's still such a good game. It, it's not your typical match three and the RPG elements are still great. It's, it's such a good game. I think it's, it's suffered from, a lot of its power creep and scope creep over the course of its like, I think it's been out for six or seven years now, but I really like that game. I also played quite a bit of Pokemon Red. I still have an original cartridge that works, and I realized I got it for Christmas almost 20 years ago, but I dove into Pokemon Red. I did a challenge where basically I could only catch the first Pokemon I encountered on each route, and that was kind of fun. I ended up getting a decent amount of decent dudes and uh, just kind of playing with them. I got to, I, had, I think I had two badges when I stopped and it was really fun. I also played a crap ton of Tetris. Yes, I have a Tetris uh, Game, Boy, uh, Game Boy Color, or it's a Game Boy game. It's an original Game Boy game. And that thing is phenomenal. I can understand why that game is the best selling game of all time because it's amazing. Tetris is just pure, incredible awesome gameplay. It's just amazing. So that's what I played this past week and kind of beyond. And that'll bring us to the, the end of our show here. A little bit of a shorter one, but hopefully finds you well and you're enjoying uh, what content is being made. Once again, if you're interested in playing Halo, please do reach out to me on Twitter or Discord. I'd love to get your thoughts so I can include them on the next episode. And I'd love to get a chance to play alongside you. That's what we got for this week, though, I think. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, though, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. You can also rate the podcast, let me know how you're liking it, and I would love to hear your feedback on the show. As I mentioned, Game of the Week next week is Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, I'm very excited to dip back into that and, uh, and revisit it. It's going to be great. Uh, but in the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful week, and, uh, and keep on gaming and enjoying that enjoying that time, whether it's the E3 hype or the games we're playing together or some other thing. 
You have a great time gaming. It's a great time to be a gamer. Have a wonderful week.